Look, payday's awesome, but running payroll, calculating taxes and deductions, staying compliant, that's not easy. Unless, of course, you have Gusto. Gusto is a simple online payroll and benefits tool built for small businesses like yours. Gusto gets your team paid while automatically filing your payroll taxes. Plus, you can offer benefits like 401k, health insurance, and workers' comp, and it makes onboarding new employees a breeze. We love it so much, we really do use it ourselves, and we have four years, and I personally recommend you give it a try, no matter how small your business is. And to sweeten the deal, just for listening today, you also get three months free. Go to gusto.com slash boss. that's gusto.com slash being boss. Being boss is owning who you are, knowing what you want, and actually making it happen. From the very beginning, that has been one of the core messages of being boss. It's a mantra for creatives who want to cultivate confidence, set goals, and earn success. But it's important for you to understand that these qualities of being a boss are intrinsically linked. You can't truly have one without the other. And to get it all rolling, you have to start at the beginning. You must own who you are. Welcome to Being Boss, a podcast for creatives, business owners, and entrepreneurs who want to take control of their work and live life on their own terms. I'm your host, Emily Thompson. And today I'm going back to the basics. I'm starting at the beginning, a place where I see creatives and business owners getting stuck all the time. From struggling to narrow in on what it is you want to create, to figuring out how you want to grow and scale your business, to getting clear on what it is that you're here to accomplish for yourself. It starts with you. You must own who you are. To help me dive into what you'll soon find is a really a very layered and deep topic, I invited my friend Michelle to join me, who you heard from recently in those two episode interviews between Kathleen and me on the past, present, and future of Being Boss. And just as her interviewing style was just what I was looking for in sharing the story of Kathleen and me with you, I also knew that she was exactly who I wanted to chat with when it came to sharing with you the importance of sharing your story, of owning who you are, and letting your story fuel your business. Michelle Corey is the CEO and founder of Frequency Media, a first-of-its-kind company that seeks to democratize high-quality and intentional podcast production based in Atlanta, Georgia. Since opening for business in 2018, Frequency has worked with Coca-Cola, Apple, the Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island Foundation, Diane von Furstenberg, and many others. She is also the host of her own podcast, The Cultured Podcast, which feeds her obsession with arts and culture. You'll see here that we had a blast diving into this topic, and we did so live to members of the Being Boss Clubhouse, the second tier of the Being Boss community, and a monthly gathering we call Clubhouse Conversations, where our community of bosses got to not only watch this recording live, but take part in the conversation too, and in some places, fill in the blanks. Now, just before we dive in, here's a message from our sponsor. Taking care of employees has never been more important. For years, Gusto's been helping more than 100,000 small business owners run payroll, offer benefits, onboard new employees, and more. They call it the people platform. And it doesn't just look nice, it works. Your payroll taxes are filed, deductions are calculated, and your team gets paid. You can even offer health insurance and 401ks. 
Get three months free after your first payroll when you go to gusto.com slash beingboss. That's gusto.com slash beingboss. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. That was all accurate and true. So thank you. <laughs> right. I mean, you sent it to me. I know. So. I know. It's, uh, well, you know, I'm right about myself. <laughs> right. Right. Well, okay. Perfect. So that's even what what we want to be talking about here today. Yep. So I brought Michelle because because of the work she does. She is an expert in the realm of sharing your story, which aligns with our theme this month, which is authenticity. Mm-hmm. Because to share your story, you have to know your story. Yes. And to share it, you also actually have to own your story. You have to own who you are. And that's what I really want to be diving into today. So with that, let's get going. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I'm so ready. This Perfect. is super cool. I mean, everything you've hooked up here today is super cool. It's going to be a blast. Mm-hmm. Let's hope Let's hope it all continues to work. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> just, I mean, the bar just maintains a pretty low, low stature, right? Mm-hmm. You have to keep it low. But yes, this is going to be a ton of fun. So Actually, before we even get started, I'd love for everyone in the chat, feel free to go ahead and say hey. Um, and I'd like to know where you guys are sitting, right? And what it is you're sipping. Ooh. So if, sitting and sipping. Michelle, where are you at today? I'm, the same uh, place you are every day? <laughs> yeah, same place I am every day, Pinky. Um, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm so glad you got that reference. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting in my living room. So this is my living room. Um, and I'm sipping water. <laughs> just trying to stay nice. hydrated you gotta own who you are from a hydration level as well you know what i mean you do mm-hmm. you do hydrate 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 mm-hmm. um right i'm sitting in my home office um here today also drinking some water yeah in a right. super cool glass i Thank love you. that glass they're very beefy oh i love like they're like Thick, glass, beefy. I love them. I love them. So thank you. Thank you. Um, So drinking coffee like a fool. I love it. (laughs) Drinking coffee all day is my favorite hobby. I'm Colombian, though. So I'm like, you know, made of Uh, 40% coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay, good. Thanks, guys, so much for sharing. It's good to – hi, Kelly and Jenny. Wonderful. And Jill. Awesome. Okay, let's get started. Let's – Get the questions going. I'd like to hear from you. Why is it important to share your story? And I'd like to hear this through like the lens of uh, being a creative or a business owner or entrepreneur. Like, why is it important to share who you are and what it is that you're doing? Well, um, I think I'm going to go deeper than with this than a lot of people expect with this question. Um, but it's really actually a fundamentally human uh, thing to share our stories. And in fact, it fosters trust between us when we do share those stories. Um, as many of us know, or many of us who know Scorpios know, <laughs> just kidding, I kid, I love you guys, it's fine. <laughs> uh, those who are more mysterious or who don't more readily share their stories, we tend to fill in the blanks with our own machinations, right? And that can be a dangerous game. And so knowing your story accepting and embracing your story and then being more open with that story. And in the same way that Brene Brown talks about vulnerability so often is I think key to connection in general. And really all any of us are doing fundamentally, no matter what our product service or endeavor is, is connecting with other people. 
And so when you boil it down to a very human level, when you're just like, fundamentally, I'm a human being with a story to tell. And in order to connect with this human being, I have to tell my story and also listen to theirs. I think that kind of shakes you out of the mechanics of, well, this is marketing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, hmm. for sure. I, uh, Kel- not Kelly, um, Tara, Tara Street. I can't remember what it is that she said. <laughs> She was on the podcast once and basically saying this exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Whenever you – or maybe it was actually even Kathleen. And Kathleen being Tara's sister, it makes sense that I would totally get them mixed up. <laughs> um, but one of them said something to the effect of once you're sharing your story, you stop selling. Like yes. it's there's yes. a little there's a little switch that happens yeah. where – and especially for creatives who usually struggle a lot with selling. Mm-hmm. Whenever you can reframe it to just sharing your story, what it is that you're doing, why it is that you're doing it, which is more important even than what it is that you're doing, um, you're not selling anymore. You're just sharing. Yes. And that puts you in a place of feeling um, feeling more in control of the conversation, feeling more comfortable with the conversation, and you actually probably getting more out of the conversation than if you were trying to sell. 100%. You know, I think once you, once you put it like that – I'm selling every day. Like when you own a business, um, particularly a business that provide well, I, any business really, but my business provides a, a service. I, I, by the, by the traditional definition of sales, I'm selling every single day. And yet I'm not a salesperson. What I am doing is telling the frequency story or my story via frequency every single day. And, to be clear, I think to be clear on your purpose makes it super easy to share that story because all of a sudden it's not just like I'm selling this to make money. I'm selling this because I want to heal, enlighten, and uplift the world through sound. And that has been my goal being in sound from day one. And so it's very easy because it's it's kind of like I'm preaching every day versus selling, right? I'm preaching the message that is the power of sound. Mm. I think that's another powerful sort of mindset switch to make, and especially in something like you're selling sound. Let's talk about how like abstract that is. <laughs> how right? abstract and, of- <laughs> and how tangible in like a very weird interaction between the two, right? It's like – Yeah. Yeah. So you have to like – you have to find other ways to sell than just selling it. Mm-hmm. And the most natural, authentic way of doing that is to – preach or <laughs> to share the story behind it mm-hmm. and what it is that it does for others. So yes, that's good. Yes, that's good. exactly. Do you feel like you're selling uh, constantly in your job? Because you actually have product mm-hmm. and service. Yeah. You know, I don't think I do. So example of this. So we've started doing crystal parties at Almanac every Friday. We're doing a Zoom sort of like exclusive, and I'm air quoting here, Mm. exclusive private crystal parties or crystal sales, basically, where we're getting in there and um, and we call them parties because they're a ton of fun. Mm -hmm. Like tons of people are doing IG sales of crystals where they're getting on and like, it's very like almost, um, what is... uh, 
auction style. Mm-hmm. It's almost oh very odd. Like it's so cool. It's yeah. kind of intense. And there's no like bidding necessarily, but like you got to claim that thing. Mm-hmm. And it's very fast moving. It's like this whole thing that kind of drives me a little bit nuts. Mm-hmm. So we were like at Almanac, how can we do this differently that feels a little more authentic to us mm-hmm. and how it is that we want to show up and do this kind of work. And especially in the time of COVID when I can't like invite people in to see all the crystals. Like how, do, what does this look like for us? And so we started doing these crystal parties where we're getting on Zoom and we're showing them very similarly to how everyone else is doing it on Instagram. Um, but we're doing it in a very storytelling kind of way or like very educational way. So we're talking about where the crystals came from. Mm-hmm. We're talking about how they've been used in the past. Like we're being very educational. And because like the whole team is in there, it's me and um, David is there and our employee Mary is there. Like we're having this conversation, we're laughing, and there's like, we're all gasping because like the crystals come out or they sparkle just right. And we're like, oh, do you see that? Yes. Like it really just turns into a thing. And we're not selling anything. I mean, we are, we've shown up, we're showing anything, but we're not vocally selling mm-hmm. anything. We're sharing the stories of ourselves and our relationship and of the products that are being sold. We're not going like, oh, this is so unique and rare. If you don't buy it now, you're never going to see it again. Like there's none of that. There is none of that. We're just showing the thing. We're sharing a story and uh, and people buy them mm. because sharing is selling if you're sharing something worth buying, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's really well put. And it actually brings an example to my mind that I – I get, we all get emails from people selling some kind of a service or a product. And um, I get a lot of these all the time, especially like when you're a small business owner, people reach out and they're like, I could help you enhance your follower account or whatever. And I had this one guy reach out and he, it was very salesy and he emails me at my frequency email and then he uh, adds me on LinkedIn and messages me there that night. And then the next day he DMs me on Instagram through Frequency's account, DMs me through my personal account, emails me again, emails me again the next day. And I finally responded to him and I was like, hey, dude, you got a response from me, but it's not the response you were looking for. This is not the way to sell something. This is the way to get blocked, which you now are. Fun fact, I didn't actually block him. He then responded to me again and was like, sorry, I was emailing you so much. I just so much believe. And then he goes again and sells, tries to sell again. So now he's actually blocked because thank God he gave me the reminder to block him. That is sales versus story. That is, and it's also like, you're not sharing your story with someone by hunting them down. That's not an organic exchange of human storytelling, right? It is, that is clearly that you you feel targeted. And I, I think we've all felt those situations when someone's trying to blatantly sell us something and we feel uncomfortable immediately. That's, I mean, our guts tell us, our guts know how to suss out when somebody is not being authentic with their sharing. And I think that's also authenticity. It's one of our values at Frequency because sound in particular thrives off of authenticity. And if you're not going to be authentic in your, on your podcast, in your audio property, whatever it is, people can suss it out immediately because we are trained to do that on a physical level as human beings. So authenticity, knowing your story, and then sharing through that place of of knowing, understanding, and authenticity, and that requires then owning it, right? So all of those those dots start to be connected. Mm, 
hundred percent. Okay, let's talk about this owning piece because yeah. Yeah. I do think that this is this is something that bosses struggle with to a point. Like everyone comes to us like with this idea of like, oh, I'm a creative, like I probably should be a doctor or can I like start my own business or like who's going to buy this thing for me? And like, but we're here because we know we're being called to do this work, whatever it is. But we have a problem with that, like owning it, Mm -hmm. of being like, I am a creative. I am going to start this business. I am going to sell this crazy thing that no one's ever thought of Mm. before. So let's talk about that, that owning of it. So you can share it. And maybe there's even like, you mentioned like this, like they're all connected. Maybe it even goes from one to the other. Where do you see those connections being made between like sharing it, like saying I'm doing this thing and actually owning it? Well, I don't think, you know, I don't think fundamentally you can share it from a place of authenticity uh, unless you've done the work of owning it. And so, you know, I think I can give, I can give you an example of my own in my own life to show you. But, you know, we've talked about this extensively. Women are particularly, it is particularly hard for us as women to own our power. And to what I preach from the rooftops is be as big as you are. And that is now we've incorporated that into the messaging for frequency, because that's actually essentially what we're doing is encouraging people to be as big as they are and to allow themselves to take up the space in this world that they take up. And that was born of my own personal journey as this like large Amazonian woman with a giant personality and like a large projecting voice and big ass opinions and big ass ideas. And I was told from a very young age, especially in Colombian society, it's like, no, 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 no. A lady is not heard from. She is seen and she is petite. And so you must shrink. You must just shrink yourself. And I do feel like a lot of us, whether we're women identifying or male identifying, understand what that feels like to shrink yourself. And so the first step is stop it. (laughs) Be as big as you are. You deserve to take up room in this world and your ideas deserve to take up room in this world. So step one, I have an idea. Stop calling yourself crazy for it. Step two, own that idea and believe in yourself the way that you fundamentally at your core believe that you can make that idea come to life in the broadest way. We are infinite beings on this planet. Infinite. We can make anything we want happen on this planet. Okay, cool. So now number one, I've allowed myself space and I have told myself I deserve it. Number two, I have an idea. I'm going to stop bad mouthing it and I'm going to embrace it and say, what's the worst that can happen? Well, the worst that can happen is that I not pursue this idea and live in regret. Personally, that's my worst case scenario. Number three, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it hard. I'm going to go after making this vision a reality. I'm going to put my whole heart and soul into it. By the time you get to a place where you are like, okay, I'm going to do it and I'm going to go hard. Oh, you are owning it. (laughs) You have gotten into your owning graduation phase. And now you can, you're going to not be able to do anything but shout about it from the rooftops because you are so amped on yourself and you believe in yourself so much and you know that the worst thing that could possibly happen is in fact not that you fail, but that you don't even do it, that you live your whole life saying, I would have done this if only I believed in myself. That is terrifying. Mm, You do preach quite nicely, (laughs) Michelle. (laughs) 
I love it. You could preach any day. Yes, yes, Kelly. Any day. I love this. So, okay, two things for you. One Mm. is that I love that your story, and this is the thing I really want to point out here, is that your story really does shape what you end up doing. Mm. Like your actual physical, like you grew up being told to be small, be quiet, Mm -hmm. all of these things. And here you are in your business telling people to go big. Let's use your voice to tell everyone exactly what it is that you're here to stand for. Mm -hmm. Which is why I think owning your story, like recognizing your story, really helps you evolve into that more powerful version of who you are and what it is that you want to do. And you can do it so much more effectively because you've overcome the thing that has brought you to where it is that you are. So high five on that. Mm. But also I want everyone to see that, everyone to see that. And two, I'd love to hear from you though, how it is that you did that. Like how did you go from being the little girl being told that she like can't say anything you could only be seen, not heard, to mm-hmm. being who you are now. Thank you for that question, Emily, because, you know, I was laying in bed not two nights ago, and I was replaying this other podcast I was on and that conversation, and I kept saying, it's, it, it, I kept saying, I was just born who I am, but I, but I skipped this whole chunk in the middle where I didn't know how to be the full expression of myself. So I was like, man... That was such a missed opportunity to like tell people that like I was born only knowing how to be who I am. But like the people who told me to be smaller succeeded for a long time. I was smaller, Um, smaller energetically. I was a smaller presence. I was containing myself constantly. You know, I was in a relationship with a lovely man who was not compatible with me at all, but it kept me feeling safe in my containment zone. Um, intuition, like, here's the thing, the thing that I, why I say that I only know how to be who I am is because even when I was so contained and so, so much, such a small version of myself, a shell of myself is, is how I really look back on it and see myself as there was always this voice shouting at me being like, this isn't it. This isn't it. This isn't it. This isn't it. You're going in the wrong direction. This isn't it. And I, did everything in my power to ignore it. I mean, everything in my power. And I blamed myself. I said that I was self-sabotaging my life. No, it was my intuition. It was my higher self shouting at me, being like, okay, great. You've done this whole part of your journey. You've learned this lesson. Now it's time to like really be you. And so what I have done in my journey of the last 20 years has been to listen to that voice And back then I wasn't as awake as I am now. So I didn't quite know what I was doing. All I knew was that something was dissonant. It didn't feel right. And thus I was going to make a decision that took me out of that situation and led me to something that maybe felt more right. And that meant that over those those 10 to 15 years in particular with my career, I was making decisions that everybody was like, what the hell are you doing with your life, Michelle? And I had to trust myself so much that everyone around me who was like, you might be making a huge mistake, I could look at them and be like, I just really don't think I am. I didn't know. I could have been, but I did it anyway. 
And now after years of meditative and spiritual practice, I'm like, oh, I was following my intuition. And that's why I think for us, like you and me, Emily, we preach this and I'm like, y'all take our mistakes and just know that your intuition is gold. Follow it. Yeah. And also, I'm so sorry, but my laptop is dying, so I have to get my charger. <laughs> Go get your charger. You're good. My intuition is telling me that if I don't do this, my laptop will die. So hold on. That's not your intuition. That's a beep. <laughs> <laughs> not the same thing. Not the same thing. Hey, boss. Have you heard the news? Being Boss is hosting our second big virtual event, and this one is bringing the magic. The Guided by Intuition Gathering is a three-day live event for bosses all across the globe to get together and connect with each other, as well as with your own inner wisdom so that you can take more aligned action within your business. Join me on October 8th through 10th for panels, workshops, live podcast recordings, and more with me and a group of boss experts, including my guest co-host, Kelly Knight, who's the owner of Modern Mystic Shop, Bridget Esselmont, the founder of Biddy Tarot, the internet's biggest tarot resource, serving over 5 million tarot lovers every year, and Mecca Woods, astrologer and author of Astrology for Happiness and Success, and more. Basically, it's three days that will live up to your wildest boss woo dreams with a focus on intuition and a heavy sprinkling of magic in business. Learn more and snag your seat by going to beingboss.club slash gathering. I hope to see you there. Okay, I do want to touch on this intuition thing Mm -hmm. because... You were ignoring it for a long time. Yes. And then one day you started listening. Like, what does your intuition feel like to you? Like, is it something in your body? Is it something that's repeated in your head? Like, what what is it for you? Well, I have a very visceral solar plexus feeling. So it's in my stomach. My stomach Mm -hmm. responds viscerally to energy. Which which really all of ours do, but I'm very connected to it. I also have celiac disease, which I think is an interesting connection in that my gut <laughs> is overactive in such a way that it attacks itself if I eat gluten, for instance. But my gut in a very physical way and in a in a figurative way is very strong and present. So I do listen to that. So it's physically uncomfortable and painful for me to be around people who are harboring any kind of like negativity, uh, trauma, things like that. Um, and then the voices. Yeah. Like not the voices. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All the voices. Yes. Tell me about those. (laughs) No, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's your, it's, it's, it's that, it's that voice in your head. That's like not literally a voice, but rather just that itch. It's just that mental itch that's like, mm-mm, 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 or yes, yes, yes. And after years of developing that through meditation, and that's a very active word for it, because you know, like meditation, just the mere act of allowing I consider meditation sort of like parting the red seas of your, of your mind. Um, 
And so it's not so much about, for me, my practice isn't so much about not thinking anything, but rather parting the seas of all of the like little frivolous racing thoughts so that the stuff really in the back that's buried that really deserves the most attention has the space to come forward. And um, mm. for me, intuition are those that that find their way forward, regardless of all the little yeah. thoughts. Mm, thank you for sharing that. And if anyone here, if you have access to the clubhouse, um, in there we have the sessions from the making, nope, wasn't, what is it? Make Time to Shine, our conference from April. And one of the, I asked Michelle this because one of the exercises in there, we had a breakout session from Kelly Knight from Modern mm, Mystic, love Kelly, right? Yes. Who did an exercise about um, sort of feeling in your body where your intuition manifests for you. And so if you are interested in that, there's a nice little exercise in there that will help you connect with where in your body um, you hear or feel your intuition. So oh, that's great. That's powerful. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And like, and not something that knowing, feeling your intuition is not something that a lot of people are in touch with. Mm. But I do find that people who are who feel best about their business, and that does not mean that these are the people who are most successful in business, because I know lots of successful people in business who are so out of touch with their intuition is no joke. No joke. But the people who feel best in their business are the people who are the most in touch with their intuition. They feel good about the moves that they're making, which actually brings up for me, you're talking about how it is that you sort of made your transition for me, whenever I was in college, and I don't know where this started, I, there's like no point where I can recall like me having this thought for the first time or anything like that. But for me, what sort of helped me put me on that path was this thing that I literally repeat to myself all the time is I refuse to regret anything. Mm, 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 mm. Right? And so it's just something that I think about. And it's not so much that I'm going to do dumb stuff and then refuse to regret it. It's like it's both proactive and reactive. Yes. You know? So I'm also thinking very hard about decisions as to whether or not this is going to be something that I regret doing or not doing. Yes. And then afterwards, let's say something does go horribly wrong or whatever, like I still refuse to regret it, whatever it may be. And so that's just something that came up. And I like – it's not like I had a weirdly, you know, traumatic childhood or like or any just the normal stuff mm -hmm. I think that, you know, a lot of people deal with. I'm also told as a kid that like seen, not heard, like all those things for sure. Um, but for me, the way it the way I course corrected was this thing that I started repeating to myself of I refuse to regret anything. That's beautiful. And I also think that when you're aligned with your values and you really are, you really understand what your values are and who you are as a person and what you're here on this planet to do, or even, I mean, that's a big one, right? That a lot of people are like, I don't friggin' know. I'm like, well, yeah, I guess fundamentally does anybody. But if you understand and feel a sense of purpose about something, these decisions become a lot easier to not regret because you are acting in accordance with your fundamental uh, core, right? And then all of a sudden, even if things go wrong, you're like, well, I know that I did what was best according to my value systems and my morals and my ethics. And, you know, I, 
you could even see regret as like a karmic energy that returns to you if you're putting something out in the world that isn't quite aligned. Um, because that's a heavy feeling. And I just don't, yeah. I mean, you know, even people I've trusted who I might put the word betrayed, who have betrayed me in, in very recent times, like I can't regret trusting them because I did the absolute best thing for, in terms of putting out the right ripples in the world and also trying to place love into somebody who obviously wasn't ready to receive it, but that's on them, not me, you know, like that's it. So I love that, that that's your mantra or one of your mantras because it's a powerful indicator of something even deeper, which is alignment Mm -hmm. with self. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely taken on layers and layers of meaning as I've grown up. Yeah. Like this idea of, what it really means to me, why it is instilled in me. And I will say even after saying that, like, I don't really know where it came from, but I also do. I often joke, and it's not a joke, (laughs) (laughs) but I often joke that my family's love language is guilt tripping. Oof. Right? And so, (laughs) right. So, and that I think is where it really started coming up for me is this idea of like, "Mm, I'm not going to regret that. Yes. Wow. What a powerful rebellion for you. Like, (laughs) truly. Basically, my middle name, Emily, powerful rebellion. (laughs) Thompson. Did you forget your last name? (laughs) No, I just needed a dramatic pause there. Got it, got it, got it. I was like, it's Thompson. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no. It just needed it needed space. <laughs> it needed space. <laughs> Amazing. Oh my God. Also, I want to touch right? back on something you said because I'm mm-hmm. uh, I'm preaching a lot about capitalism right now. And mm-hmm. man, I swear I'm not preachy, okay? I just preach a lot. <laughs> yes, yes. I get the I'm not bossy, I'm a boss, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, um, but I am an anti-capitalism capitalist. And basically, there's something you said, which is that there's a lot of people who don't, who aren't aligned with themselves and their values, who are doing just fine. They're doing just fine over under the, the old capitalistic systems that reward profit over all else. We are, hopefully, and I really feel this, moving into a very new era for humanity and for our society. And I think we are moving into the next economy, as it's literally called Google it. It's really fascinating. And it the next economy is built with companies that value humankind over all else. I'm talking about like humans over profit. <laughs> and that's how I run my business is like, I spend most of my time making sure my people feel cared for, making sure my people have everything that they need in this world. And then what I believe is from that comes profit and not the other way around. So, you know, that's the old systems. And the old systems also rewarded sociopaths and narcissists and people who just didn't care. It rewarded individualism uh, above empathy. The new way as we enter this very violently enter the age of Aquarius. Kicking and screaming, I mean, as it were. shoot. I did, <laughs> like, when we were wearing flower crowns going, this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Right. I was like, where are the gonna be flower sweet. crowns? <laughs> There's corona crowns, not flower crowns. <laughs> right? Oh. Listen, new age hippies oh. look like this. <laughs> Yeah. 
Right. They're sitting at home. You Do, do you have PJ pants on down nope, there? Nope. I actually have jeans on real, for you real guys. <laughs> for you guys, jeans. Nice. Real pants. You call those real pants. Uh, or hard pants. That's, hard that's, pants. <laughs> right. A term we've, we've coined around here, hard pants. Um, no, I think – and I even want to talk about like how this works because even you saying it is like, oh, is it like – but let's all think about this right now because what we're all doing is we're all sitting at home um spending less money than we usually do because we can't go out and you know have margaritas <laughs> may they rest in peace speak for yourself i'm in atlanta <laughs> where things are open <laughs> oh true that true that but um you are being so much more thoughtful about where you're spending your money right you're thinking you know instead of Instead of buying this, like, freezer margarita mix from the Walgreens, like, let me go down to my, like, local Mm -hmm. uh, Mexican restaurant and get a jug of, like, (laughs) real margarita. Are you guys not doing that? No. Why have I not done this yet? You're saying this, and I'm like, wait, 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 (laughs) wait, wait. I'm so over here just like drinking gin and juice like I No, no, no. Then. Let me tell you about this and then we'll get back to the actual thing. Um, Cinco de Mayo, I sent David, I was like, what, two months into quarantine at that point? I was like, I don't care what cootie you get. Go get me some margaritas and some cheese dip. Like, again, guys, I was joking a minute ago, like basic, so basic, it's fine. <laughs> And so he went and he was like, how many margaritas do you want? And I was like, two. I went, you can have a margarita. I can have a margarita. I was like, if you can only get one, that's fine. We'll share it, but get two. Because who knows? Like, you can, you can drive with booze. That's the thing. How many can you get? All of them? <laughs> um, so he came back and I was sitting right where I'm sitting now. I was sitting here working. And um, he came in and I was like, they only let me get one. I was like, are you kidding me? Two months into quarantine, I thought that, you know, the world was over. Um, I can only get one margarita. And I walk out there and he holds it up and it's a gallon milk jug. Full Stop. Of margarita. Uh. <laughs> it was the best day of my life. Listen, if Latinos don't know how to do anything else, we know how to turn up and turn up in style. Okay. All yeah. Right. Yes. I may not yes. survive the ap- apocalypse past a few days, but si es cierto. I may not survive the apocalypse past a few days, but those will be the most fun days of my life. <laughs> I'm going to be Absolutely. the whole yeah. time. Y'all are going to be fighting for your life. I'm going to be like, um, let the zombies eat me. They're going to get right. drunk. <laughs> You're going to be gathering up everyone's milk jugs. <laughs> I'm going to recycle them, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Well, there was like a real story here. So, okay. Actually, though, we were very particular about even the Mexican restaurant that we went to go get our margaritas and cheese dip from. You know, there is like one family that runs one market and it's like the furthest one away. That's amazing, But that's the one that we went to. Yes. Right? Yes. And like, and I know I'm not the only person doing this. Like, we're all being so much more thoughtful about where we're putting our money that what is going to happen is that the ones of us who are left behind are the ones of us who are serving people in a way that feels like they want to return the favor. Mm -hmm. You know, like Mm -hmm. even when times are hard, even when they're making like, they're only buying one thing this month or whatever it may be, they're going to think about those people who are real, who are authentic, who are sharing a story worth, like a real story worth Mm -hmm. sharing. Like what is the story of Walmart and can we all relate to it? 
No, Probably and listen, that, that, that's why um, business values, like businesses and the values they've put out historically have seemed like such a load of BS is because it's not authentic. Now, our values for frequency, when we set them, they're part of our story. And every mm-hmm. value right now, I'm actually redoing our values. I'm looking at like, where are we now after just over a year and a half of like pretty substantial growth for us actually uh, in a few days from when we've recorded this. So, okay, let me restate that. Actually, uh, a month and a half ago was two years since I registered the business. So July 23rd is when I registered the business in 2018. And we started business a few months after that. So we're like verging on our two year, uh, anniversary and a lot has happened in that time. And so we as a team are constantly, talking about our values constantly, just organically, like, oh, you know, this is why clarity, this is why alignment, like just everybody on the team. And they're so living and breathing for us as if as a unit, we, that's what a corporation is, a group of people whose energy combines to create this very special other energy. A corporation is not a person. It's not a tangible anything. It is the energy created by the hard work, desire, and purpose ideally, of a group of people working toward the same mission or purpose. And so, you know, that said, looking at our values and being like, okay, how has our story evolved? Let's take a step back. Let's see what the story has evolved. Let's see what that new story is and allow it space to actually live and breathe and then translate that into new values as needed. But it's it's also mm-hmm. like as you're at as you're building a business, whether it's a solopreneurship or a retail short store or an e-commerce or a you know service offering service based business like mine, you got to keep your finger on the pulse of the story because once you build this thing based on your own story, it takes on its own life, and there is this interesting collaboration between you and the business. And it's sort of like on you to guide the, that business, but also on you to listen as that business takes on its own story and life. And if you don't like where that story is going, change the direction. You have that power and that control. Absolutely. So have you, you were saying, where are you at in the redefine, like you're, you're writing the story, you haven't defined the values yet, correct? I have not. Um <laughs> And uh, I know that Sagela, who is my amazing PR and communications director, has been pressing me to do this. And we're we're in the middle, first of all, of a rebrand. So mm-hmm. um, by the time this episode is out, y'all can go to Frequency.media and you can see the rebrand. And it has been a total exercise in story. And it has really pushed me... Um, it's been uncomfortable in a lot of ways because I'm like, oh my God, there's so now we're a bigger team. And so everybody's asking me questions all the time, like, okay, but who are we targeting? And who are we speaking to? And what are we saying about it? And how do we say it? And who do we And it's such a heavy mental exercise to take on in the midst of a mentally taxing and exhausting time. And yet there is no better time to engage in this exercise. Because we don't know where we're all going. So the best thing you can do is know exactly who you are, is know exactly what your story is. Because that way you can respond to complete uncertainty in a state of absolute confidence that the way that you're responding agilely, 
you know, flowing with whatever comes is aligned with who you know yourself to be or what you know your business to be. Yeah. And it's something that you'll never regret. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, but truly, for real. Right? So I so because you haven't done your values yet, I have um I have it. I wonder. I wonder if they'll actually change. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if instead the way you define them will change. 100%. Why do you say that? Right. Um, it's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. It actually is like a little nugget that came up for me um, earlier this month as of recording this. So early in July, I did a CEO day live. We did our CEO day kit. We did it live. I did it free for anyone who wanted to join. It was a ton of fun. And one of the things that came up during that, it's like, it's kind of a story. The story is, um, <laughs> Kathleen and I wrote in our book that we thought that your values were something that you were born with mm-hmm. and that they never changed. Like, there's oh, just like, yes. it's like a part of your character that is so ingrained in you that it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this past summer, or no, last summer, back when we could travel, <laughs> say it with a little bit of anger, <laughs> disdain, um, I was sitting in Greece on this trip, and this woman next to me, we were talking, she was a life coach, right? I know everyone just gets like sad face. Remember those days when we could go to the beach? I mean, I guess. Um, right? <laughs> so she was an older woman, a life coach. We had been having conversations for days. She was totally delightful, and she's talking to me about, about values, and she tells me that, you know, she helps coach people through, you know, their values changing. And I was like, what? Wow. wow. Values change? And I felt like, okay, because this woman is 20, 30 years older than me, perhaps, um, maybe she just knows more than I do. Mm-hmm. So I really started like shifting my own idea about what values are, mm-hmm. even though like I've, it, I wrote it in a book mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. published Lots and lots of – or has many copies in print. Um, So I started feeling really weird about it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we actually had something come through our inbox um, a couple of months ago. And someone who asked the question, if you would change anything in the Being Boss book, what would it be? Wow. And so I answered the question on one of our 10 Minutes to Being Boss episodes where I said, I think I would change my stance on values. Maybe they are something that you can actually – that actually change as you get older. And it like, but I'll tell you, that's never sat well with me. Like my intuition has never like actually accepted that definition. And I'm also talking here, but there is a difference between personal values and business values. Business values can change all day, every day. I mean, look at Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Um, Right? So, but during our CEO day, our CEO day live, one of the things that came up for me as I was talking in front of hundreds of people, I just like had this like moment of clarity around wow. values where I don't think it is your values that change. I think the way you define them simply changes mm-hmm. in every phase of your life. And I think what we're all experiencing right now is a change in values, mm-hmm. like every or a change in definition of values where we're all having to define those core characteristics in a completely different way. And I think it has even, if we can like bring it home a little bit, it shifted the way we're sharing our stories. It shifted our like confidence and our ability to share our stories because we're a little now misaligned with the things that we've always identified with because the definitions of those, those identities is now even maybe just a hair different and in some ways a lot different mm-hmm. um, that has us all feeling a little weird about showing up and selling what it is that we're doing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And share like owning who we are now and what our opinions are and or 
what they have been and that they need to change. Yes. Right? Yes. So uh, this long story No, but to that's say, fascinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, maybe, I would love to for you to follow up with me mm-hmm. as you are re- looking at your values. Do they actually change or do you simply redefine them? Well, you know, I think that those might be one and the same. And I guess it depends on how vastly you redefine them because I think it's a great example. That was fascinating. Oh, my God, Emily. That's Because I'm in the middle of this exercise. So I've already been reevaluating them. I've been looking at e- each of our six values and being like, okay – I'm not going to have like, we're not going to have like a list of 15 values. That's, that's ridiculous. Like we really need to think about like, if there are six or less things that we stand for, what are they? And, you know, we, we care tremendously about all six values that we currently have. I'll tell you what, there really are two that I've looked at that I'm like, well, those are truly an embodiment of our team. And one of them is authenticity. And it just keeps coming up. And to me, that's a crux of um, the movement to or mission to heal, enlighten or uplift through sound. And the second is playfulness slash passion, something along those lines, because we really play so much, we have so much fun doing what we do. But I don't know if that's like a this like fundamental thing, you know, like, whoa, we have so much fun. Trust us. See, it's a value. Um, You know, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But I do think that in redefining significantly, let's say um, formally somebody, um, somebody white, one of their values, white American, one of their values is community. But the way that they define community is their tight knit white community, white dominated community, and they want to make sure that they protect their community at all costs. And when somebody during this um, nationwide reckoning with race that we're having finally um, in what feels like a critical mass moment tells them, well, part of your community is also just like humanity. Don't you think that like there is a human community? And what about the black people in your community? And what about the black people that you consider not a part of your community because they're on the other side of your neighborhood or gate or whatever? Um, I have seen people starting to completely switch what they consider to be community or family or whatever it is. To me, that's a fundamental shift in values. That's a shift away from subconsciously racist values and and a racist framing of values or a selfish one you know if you don't want to use such a harsh term which i think we all need to like confront so i think as a nation we are in a moment of shifting values and the redefining of those values innately means that they're completely different values even if you're putting even if diversity is the same word the way you redefine that in this current age versus 40 years ago, it's a totally different value system. Yeah. So I think it's mm. both. I think it's both. Because yeah. I also like, listen, I was born, like I was born with a certain set of values personally that I continue to hold today without choosing it. Like injustice gives me, and actually I mean this for real this year or this week, gives me hives. And I 
literally two days ago started breaking out in hives because I I got this like all these little situations that felt so unjust. And I'm a person who doesn't handle injustice well. It makes me so angry that I can't do anything about it. And it's injustice on a broad scale. It's injustice on a small scale with like ridiculous policies in our government. It's all sorts of stuff, you know? Yeah. Mm, I just had a thought. What if the purpose of life... (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm here. Is to find the truest definition of your values. Mm. Wow, 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 wow. Like the like the truest and most complete definition mm. of your values. So someone who does value community, mm. like the purpose of their life is to actually fully embrace the truest and most complete definition of community. I am super down for that. Same. Super down for that. Same. I'm going to have to journal about that yeah. because <laughs> no, I, like for real, let me sink into yeah. that. I need to process that for a few days slash weeks. Uh, <laughs> that's a really interesting thought. And I, and there is something, you know, to bring this back to owning your story, I think that there is a really... I love the exercise, Kelly, and your exercise of like understanding where intuition, how intuition feels in the body, but then also really thinking about your whole life as an individual and being like, what are the things that, what are those, um, oh God, I'm trying to say an American saying right now. It's okay. I always say these. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) What are the hills I tend to always die on? Is that a thing? Oh, it I always sounds so aggressive to me. <laughs> sure. Yes, that's right. <laughs> you know, those things that you just always, you can't let go of that really, really a hill you want to die on. Yes. Thank you so much. Ooh, I'm so glad I have people who can swoop in right, in those same. moments. Jill is actually always really great at filling in my blanks. She's like my, oh, it's great. Thank you, Jill. Bless. <laughs> Less. Okay. So what are those things, those values? Like maybe Jill's value is to rescue people when they are in need of help in a moment, right? Maybe one of Jill's things is like she cannot see somebody struggling and not try to help them out of that situation, right? I believe it. <laughs> and you know, and so I, I think that knowing that about yourself also helps you to tell your story because those that helps to connect the dots between why are you even doing what you're doing? You know, there's got to be a part of you that's like, I mean, look at look at me. I mean, injustice is one of those things. Love and trying the constant uh, relationship with expressing love, but also needing love expressed back to me. All of those things tie into my business. Like they do this mission to heal, enlighten and uplift, heal, enlighten, uplift, injustice, love. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the second all this happened, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be a Trojan horse anymore. That's not my value. My value is to be as big as I am. So I came out blatantly against white supremacy, against racism, like shouted it from the rooftops. And then also am like blatantly an anti-capitalist now rather than being what I used to call myself, which was, are you ready? The Trojan horse of patriarchal capitalism. Like, no, (laughs) no more Trojan horse. I don't like knock on the door gently anymore. I kick it down. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Living more authentically, owning who you are, like showing up and embracing your values to the fullest extent that you possibly can. 
be as big as you are. Yeah. Mm. And so this like purpose of life thing, I also think this <laughs> rolls into like the purpose of your business, right? Yes. Is it not also to uphold, to like find yes. the truest, complete, and I would even say universal definition mm-hmm. of your values and embody them a hundred percent all of mm-hmm. the time. Right? That is what we're here to do. Superpower. And yes, 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 yes. I mean, I don't um universal is an interesting word for me because I think that oh, there's so much gray area. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, in quantum physics, there's this theory that like everything that ever will happen, ever has happened, and is happening now is all happening at the same exact time. And um, you know, that is like what? What do you mean? And I will tell you, during COVID is the first time that I'm like getting an inkling with my tiny human brain of what that could possibly mean because everything does feel like it's all happening at the same time. And it feels like this is the worst, best, most horrible, loneliest, most fulfilled, most loved, most joyous, most opportunity, like most opportunity, least opportunity, scariest and terrible and blah, 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 time all at once. And so universal is a hard word for me. Right now. <laughs> <In> conclusion. <laughs> we just take that one off the docket for the moment. It's just a little too big. I this is what talking. it looks like when a Virgo is having a meltdown, an existential meltdown. <laughs> is there even any definition to anything? <laughs> I love it. We're talking. Also, I did not know that we were going to come in here talking about the meaning of life in quantum physics today. But but that's just what we do. Sometimes that's just what happens. Um, well, sometimes that's your purpose. Right? <laughs> maybe, maybe <laughs> to make you understand the word universal. <laughs> right? She said universal. I was like, well, according right. to quantum physics. <laughs> oh man, I appreciate you. I appreciate you a ton. Perfect. I do want to start wrapping this up. We are this time just went so fast. Quantum physics so fast. Uh huh. It's not even real, right? It's all happening at the same time. (laughs) Nothing and everything exists. (laughs) Anywho, I have not seen any uh, any questions pop up here, so let's go ahead and start wrapping this up. Um, Mm -hmm. I would like to know: Do you have any? tools or tactics or tips or like maybe like a good journaling prompt that anyone who may be struggling with identifying themselves or owning who they are can use to start, I don't know, digging in. I do. So like before I started Frequency, Mm -hmm. I had Creative Powerhouse, which was a marketing agency. And we did that a lot for our clients, was actually finding and culling their story so that we could then write it into a bio, write it into a white paper, write it into web copy. And um, one of my favorite exercises is a journaling exercise. And it's, it's very much dependent on your stream of consciousness, your ability to allow yourself that stream of consciousness. And it is basically you just want to write a list of three lists. The first list is everything that you are really, really good at, like very skilled at. The second list is everything that makes you super happy, like very joyous. Think of like Marie Kondo for your soul, all that. And then third list is every every way that you have made money and know that you can make money. And when you 
Venn diagram those and sort of start connecting the dots between them is when you start realizing what your purpose is and what you or what you should be doing um, for your purpose. You can also do this for your story, right? Is like write down some of the key milestones that have happened for you personally in your life. Good, bad, ugly, great. Do that for your career and then you can do it as a business owner or some other category that you set for yourself, you know, because I have all three of those, right? I have a career, but I also have my my time and life as a business owner and CEO, which is very different from a corporate career, and then my personal life. And what you're able to do is spot themes. You're able to start connecting. Like you can draw literal lines. If you're doing three columns next to each other, you can draw literal lines for different things that connect to one another. So an example of that might be for me, like when I was younger, when I was a child, I was in theater and I was in musical theater and I was a singer. And that line would connect to the middle column where in my career, my first job was at Interscope Records uh, with A&R. So all of a sudden that line connects from singing and musical theater to the music industry. And then all of a sudden that line would connect to the fact that I have a podcast production company. Or if I was trying to get to frequency, it would connect to the fact that I have a podcast. And all of a sudden I'm starting to make these connections that I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Sound has been a part of my life intensely since I was born, basically, right? So that's my advice for an exercise. That is a powerful exercise, it sounds. I, I mean, I'm going to go do it. Can I go do it? Yeah. <laughs> Just see no, what comes I'm up. So sorry. Right? Not for you. <laughs> Not for you. Of course. <laughs> be as big as you are. <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much. Where can our people find more about you? So me and everything about me is frequency. So you can uh, look up frequency, which is F-R-Q-N-C-Y. It's the millennial spelling. No vowels for us. Thanks. <laughs> uh, F-R-Q-N-C-Y dot media. And then we're frequency media on Insta. And then you can also just request to follow me on Insta too. I, I'm posting on Insta and Facebook a good bit. Um, so you can find me through my name. Nice. And say hello. Yes. And you can find all of those links in our show notes. And finally, finally, what makes you feel most boss? I've thought about this question too. And any given day, it's different. What makes me feel most boss is um, being able to find joy in every single day. Yeah, that's incredibly important to me. Um, none of it, no, ma no, no matter of revenue, no amount of profit is, is worth it or means anything if I'm not feeling joy in it. Um, so yeah, that to me, uh, feeling joy with my team makes me feel successful as a leader. Seeing my team feel joy within themselves make me, makes me feel successful seeing uh, the joy coming from my clients when they have a podcast they never thought in a million years they could have makes me feel really successful. Um, and and lighting up when I talk about frequency uh, and cultured, my, my podcast makes me feel really successful. Mm, thank you for sharing all of that. And thank you for coming to hang mm. out with us. I had a blast thank talking you. about all of this with you. <laughs> As always, this has been awesome. Right? Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. So everyone who's here... 
podcast done. Right? Thank you guys Thanks, y'all. for coming to hang out with us. I'll see you guys around the community. Um, Michelle, this has been fab. Always so good to hang oh, out. Let's, let's connect. Can we I love chat you again all. soon? All the time. <laughs> you can't escape me. You know that. <laughs> True that. True that. And guys, we actually do have some fun stuff coming up with Michelle. I'm not going to share with you now. I'm going to like trickle out some details as we go. Um, but this is not the last you'll hear from Michelle. Ooh, did you love this episode as much as I did? Imagine sitting in on conversations like this live, either every Monday with your fellow bosses where you can talk about what's coming up for you in your business or in a monthly clubhouse conversation where I go live with a boss to have a real conversation about doing business as a creative, just like this conversation with Michelle attended by a group of business owners like you. In the Being Boss community, you can decide how involved you want to be, from just connecting with others in the Baseline community to having access to extra content like this live recording and more in the clubhouse. Learn more and join in on the fun at beingboss.club community. And until next time, do the work, be boss. Yeah.